Thanks for joining Sapelo Nerds, a coastal science podcast. I'm your host, Corinne. And I'm your host, Brittany. And we work at the National Estuarine Research Reserve, or NEAR, on Sapelo Island, a Georgia barrier island. One of the things that makes Sapelo special compared to Georgia's other barrier islands is the history of scientific studies on the island. Yep, some of the world's most groundbreaking studies in ecology were conducted right here in Sapelo's salt marsh by scientists like Dr. Eugene Odom, who is often referred to as the father of modern ecology, and Dr. John Teal, just to name a couple. Doctors Odom and Teal helped create what is now the University of Georgia's Marine Institute, or UGAMI. Today, UGAMI is primarily focused on undergraduate and graduate level education and brings students to Sapelo to gain unforgettable field experiences. Many professors will conduct research through UGAMI's Georgia Coastal Ecosystems Long-Term Ecological Research Program. Wow, that's an even longer name than ours. Well, I guess you can call it the G-C-E-L-T-E-R for short. Does that help? I mean, not by much, but okay. (laughs) Anyway, UGAMI will often host researchers for the G-C-E-L-T-E-R or bring students to conduct their own studies. However, you can also do research through SINER. Our research coordinator, Dr. Rachel Guy, not only oversees her own research projects and the system-wide monitoring program, or SWAMP, on Sapelo that all the National Estuarine Research Reserves participate in, but she also manages other research that is conducted within the reserve. Conducting research on Sapelo takes a little bit of planning. After all, we live and die by that ferry schedule. The very first step you'll need to complete is speaking to the island research master, Dr. Rachel Guy. Yeah, for real, just talk to Rachel. She wants to chat with you about things like what your project is focused on, when you're going to start, how long it might take, how many people you need, etc., etc. All these details and more will help determine if Sapelo is even a good fit for your project, which ferry you're taking, how to get equipment to the island, and where you might be staying on the island. The housing available on the island is pretty limited, so there isn't always space for visiting researchers to stay overnight. Now, that doesn't necessarily limit the ability to do research. We take the ferry every day and get plenty of work done. Sure. (laughs) But like I said, it takes some planning depending on what you're studying. You may need to check tide schedules to make sure you can access areas in the marsh, or maybe you need to come out at night to study moths. Who knows? There's a ton to learn about the island. And when you talk to Rachel, she'll be able to help you determine if Sapelo is the best place to do your research. We don't have strict requirements as to what can be studied on the island, but some things might make sense to study elsewhere. See, research projects on Sapelo have to fit with our mission of understanding estuaries and being good stewards of our estuaries. And part of being a good steward is making sure you're responsible in your studies with proper permitting. Visiting researchers are responsible for getting permits such as addressing marsh impacts through the Marshlands Protection Act or collecting animals with a scientific or education collection permit. Good news is, though, that Rachel can help with that. She can help you determine which permits are needed depending on your project. There's actually some helpful benefits to doing research on Sapelo as well. That's right. We actually have a couple of long-term data sets that make researching on Sapelo more attractive to scientists. So if we think back to our science fair days and early experiments, you want to keep your changing variables down to a minimum. This can be pretty challenging in field situations with changing environments. Since you can't control the weather or the tides, you at least want to know what to expect. Both the swamp data through the NEAR and the GCE LTER program data on Sapelo help show what is normal in our ecosystems since the 90s. This kind of long-term data is very hard to come by elsewhere. 
Both SWAMP and the LTER track our baseline information on the island. Baselines can help you determine if changes in nature are outside of the norm or not. For example, you can compare today's temperature to years of daily temperature records through the LTER to see if recent temperatures are significantly higher than it was in the past. Or you can check out the swamp data to see if dissolved oxygen in the tidal creeks has changed since 1995. And just to let you know, it has. Swamp tracks seasonal variability and long-term changes in meteorological, water quality, biological systems, and land use or land cover characteristics of estuaries. The data for weather and water quality are taken every 15 minutes, 365 days per year, and it's all available online as a continuous data set since 1999, so anyone can access it. We'll include a link in our show notes to the NEAR system-wide data graphing tool so you can explore how different parameters might impact each other. Or you can compare what's happening to on Sapelo to what's happening at some of the other NEARs around the country. All of the NEARs participate in SWAMP and have a department focused on research. You can contact any of the NEAR research coordinators to find out how you can do research on their sites. There's also plenty of opportunities for students to do research on the NEARs. Absolutely! Undergraduates can keep an eye out for the Hauling Scholarship through the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, which includes a summer internship at a NOAA facility, such as one of the NEARs. The Hauling Scholars at various NEARs for this summer are studying topics such as blue carbon, invasive species, habitat restoration, bird studies, and more. Applications for the 2024 Scholars will open September 1st, so be on the lookout. Another opportunity undergraduate and graduate students might take advantage of to do research on Sapelo is through the Georgia Sea Grant Research Traineeship. This year-long program is for students going to school in Georgia and focused on marine, coastal, and ocean science research. There's actually a trainee visiting Sapelo this year comparing our two-toed amphiumas to those on the mainland. An amphiwata? An amphiuma! There are these really cool large salamanders that hang out in mostly freshwater wetlands. They're actually the longest salamander species in the United States. They can reach four feet in length. The amphiumas on Sapelo might stay a bit smaller than those on the mainland. Lexi, this year's Georgia Sea Grant Research trainee, is trying to learn how the ones on Sapelo are handling our slightly salty habitats. And this might help us learn how animals can adapt to saltier habitats as sea levels rise. That's pretty cool. Now, we can't forget our other student research opportunity, the Margaret A. Davidson or MAD Fellowship for graduate students, since our guest speaker today is our fellow for the 2022-2024 season. This fellowship is a two-year program during which fellows address a key reserve management need to help scientists and communities understand coastal changes that might influence future policy and management strategies. So just about each of the NEARs can have a MAD Fellow. Sapelo's current fellow is Will Atencio, a master's student at Georgia Southern University, and he's joined us today to tell us a little bit about what it's like doing research on the island. Thanks for joining us, Will. Hello, Brittany and Corinne. Happy to be here with the Sapelo Nerds today. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on and share a little bit more about my research on Sapelo. So let's start with why you're on Sapelo. What is your research about? My research is focused on investigating how water quality influences the demographics and disease dynamics of the eastern oyster. I have four study locations around the island, which are Hunt Camp, Cabrera Creek, Dean Creek, and Ferry Dock. All of these sites on Sinai are part of the system-wide monitoring program, or SWAMP, as you guys previously mentioned. 
My project is designed to leverage the long-term and continuous swamp station water quality data in combination with various field surveys and experiments to better understand the factors influencing oyster populations. Important water quality parameters that I will be monitoring closely and can influence oyster demographics include temperature, salinity, dissolved oxygen, and pH. Now, when I'm referring to oyster demographics, specifically I am concerned with recruitment, which is the process of oyster larvae settling on or near other oysters, as well as oyster growth, survival, and condition, which is a proxy for oyster health. Water quality can play a major role in many physiological processes of oysters, such as osmoregulation, feeding, and respiration, but water quality can also facilitate biological interactions, such as predation, disease, or parasitism. This is why I will also be looking at the prevalence and intensity of the two protozoan parasites, Haplosporidium nelsoni, which causes the disease MSX, and Perkinsis marinus, which causes dermo disease. Both of these greatly reduce oyster health and can lead to large-scale oyster mortality. And understanding how multiple factors affect habitat-forming foundation species, such as oysters, is especially important because of the vital bottom-up role they play in structuring ecological communities and the ecosystem services they provide. Well, I know several people who love Georgia oysters. Do you think your research might relate to the growing oyster farming or aquaculture industry? <laughs> I am definitely one of those Georgia oyster lovers. And yes, I hope the results of my project will help inform site designation for aquaculture and help determine the best time to pull gear out of the water to mitigate threats such as disease. Additionally, I hope my research can be beneficial for management and restoration efforts to again help designate sites to provide favorable conditions to support the ecological processes that structure oyster populations. I imagine getting those oysters can be a bit challenging since you can only reach them at low tide. What are some of the challenges for doing your research on Sapelo in general? Getting around to all four of my sites during low tide can definitely be challenging. I'm sure you've seen me whipping around the island in the Polaris to make sure I get to all of them. Traveling to the island can also be a challenge. Making sure I have all my field equipment along with personal supplies and food when I stay overnight takes a lot of time and planning but is extremely important especially since the island can only be accessed by ferry and I cannot just go back to the truck or university if I forget something. But from all my traveling I've done to Sapelo, I've learned that you really do not want to miss the ferry and to know the ferry schedule by heart. Well, let's cover some positives too. What are some of the best things about researching on Sapelo? The best thing about conducting research on Sapelo is being on Sapelo. The history, people, and places to see make it unique and like nowhere else on the Georgia coast. My favorite place on the island is definitely the beach at Cabretta. I ventured past the camping area and found a trail that takes me through the dunes to the ocean. I also really like hiking or running on the nature trail that goes through my Dean Creek site. Don't get me wrong, there have been many times when I'm sunk knee-deep or slipped in the mud, been attacked by bugs, or sweating uncontrollably in the Georgia heat and humidity. But as soon as I look up, all my feelings of frustration shift to gratitude and appreciation for the natural beauty and wildlife that surrounds me, and I know that I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Well, we're happy to have you on the island too, and especially for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. It's been great spending time with you both. And again, I appreciate the opportunity to come on the podcast and share more about myself and Sapelo. I'd also like to give a quick thanks to my reserve mentor, Dr. Rachel Guy, my advisor, Dr. John Carroll, and the Noah Margaret A. Davidson Fellowship for funding my research. Without them, none of this work would be possible. Hope to see you guys on the island next time I visit. Bye for now. And since Will is studying parasites and oysters, I guess I can tell you, Brittany, I feel kind of guilty about the parasite I ingested. You purposefully ingested a parasite? Yeah, it's been eating me up inside. <laughs> Gross. Well, why couldn't Will find his oysters? Why? Because they were clamouflaged. 
For more information about any of the topics we covered today or to submit your question that may be featured in our upcoming episodes, please email us at signer.socials at gmail.com. That's S-I-N-E-R-R dot socials at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Sapelo Nerds, a coastal science podcast brought to you by the Sapelo Island National Estuarine Research Reserve. Please check back for more episodes released on the 1st and the 15th of each month. And that's the Sapelo Sound.